Parshas Vayera. It was a tremendous sight, something remarkable to witness. Avram was sitting at the entrance of the tent in the heat of the day. Bracious. The Pasuk here is relating to us about an extraordinarily hot day in Eretz Canaan. And Avram Avinu, a 99-year-old man recovering from a bris milla, is sitting near the door of his tent waiting. He's bandaging his wound and he's looking out for wayfarers who may be in need of some shade or a meal. But who ventures out on a day like that? All desert travel was delayed until the heat wave would pass and the roads were empty. And yet Avram Avinu was so anxious to bestow kindness upon his fellow man that he sat by the door, looking over the horizon and hoping. And he sat there until Hashem had pity on him and sent Malachim to travel the road that led past Avraham's tent. When Avraham saw these wayfarers coming, even though they appeared to him as plain Arabs, he ran out into the heat towards them. And he fell down on the ground and begged them, Al Natavor, my masters, please don't go away from your servant. It was something to see. Avraham, the wealthy man, the niece, the Nesei Elohim, and the successful general, everything he was, and this important personality threw himself on the ground and begged these simple nomads to partake of his hospitality. Now there's no doubt that had we been standing there watching Avraham, we would have considered his actions excessive, and I use the word excessive, in deference to our own honor. Chesed is wonderful, we say, but to be so wild, so extreme about it, it seems to be too much. Suppose a traveler, a Meshulach, would come to Rav Palm Street in Kennington, and so Rav Palm would run out of the house, run out of his house, Al Natavor, please don't go away from me, begs Rav Pam. Please, I want you to be a guest in my house. And if the Meshulach would say, no, thank you, it's fine. I don't feel like going inside to eat right now. So Rav Pam falls down on the street. He falls down on his face to plead. Please, my master, don't pass me by. Please don't go away from your servant. The old Rosh Hashiva is lying on the street begging this stranger to come into his house to eat something. Suppose the people in Kennington would see that. What would they think of Rav Pam? They would think that he's nuts. It's hard to say such a thing, but it's the truth. That's what we would think, absolutely. Great people are sometimes so great that others can't appreciate them. Mishuga ish haruach. The man of spirit, the man who is dedicated fully to Hashem, is a madman, Hoshea. It means that he appears to be a madman, a Meshuggah, in the eyes of others. The Navi said that. It means it's an old story already that the Avoides Hashem of great men is considered extreme by men of lesser stature. Now it's important to note that. The Torah story of Avraham sitting at the doorway of his tent was not a one-time event. No, that's not how to learn Chumash. When the Torah tells us this story is revealing a derech hachayim, a way of life that Avraham always followed, v'hu yoshev, and Avraham was sitting, really means 
Abraham was always sitting. Abraham always sat at his tent entrance in the hope that he would find wayfarers upon whom to be to bestow hospitality. He was meshuga for chesed. He lived the life that was permeated with the desire to make others happy. Now such a madrega, such a level of service of Hashem, doesn't grow on its own. It was only after many years of thought that Avram arrived at such a level of avoidance Hashem. Avram Avinu was a great student of nature. He studied everything, all of the details of creation that we take for granted, everything that we ignore, Avraham thought about. He looked at the trees and the fruits and the plants and the seeds. He studied the processes of the bodies of animals and humans. He studied the emotions of human beings. He studied the vast sky and the sun and the moon and the clouds and the rain for hours Upon hours, for days and years, he studied everything around him and he saw the infinite intelligence of a creator wherever he looked. But Abraham wasn't satisfied with merely recognizing the infinite, in, the infinite intelligence in all of creation. Of course, he saw supreme intelligence and design everywhere. But that was only the first step. Because when he studied the details of what he saw, he realized they all pointed in one direction. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the Chafetz Chesed. That this world is a place where Hashem is doing Chesed for us. As Abraham made his way in this world, he took notice of the endless variety of tastes available to mankind. Abraham knew that man could exist quite well without pepper, ginger, and cinnamon. Why then, asked Abraham, did Hashem plant in his world cloves and saffron and sage and mustard and all the multitude of spices. It seems so superfluous. We could do just fine without the endless variety. After much thought about these things, after much thought about these various pleasures of taste, Avraham concluded that the one and only purpose of all of these things is pleasure. The pleasure of mankind. That's what Hashem is interested in. By means of studying the world, Avram understood that the great designer desires the happiness of his creations. What does he do in the world? Does he make apples grow bitter and poisonous? Or do the apples eventually become sweet and red, beautiful and soft? Does he make grapes ripen into poison? Or do they become full of sweet juice and provide grape juice and wine? Don't the bees produce honey for us? And don't, don't they fructify the plants? They cause the plants to germinate and become the fruits that we enjoy. Aren't all the phenomena of the world beneficial? Nuts and drinks and sensations and fragrances of all kinds. That's what we see all around us. Everywhere that, Hash, everywhere that Abraham turned to look into the creation, he saw the kindness of the Creator, and he came to the conclusion that Oilam Chesed Yebane, the world was built for the purpose of kindliness. Tehillim. It's a world built for kindliness, to provide mankind with an endless variety of pleasures, said Avraham. That's the sole reason for everything. Oilam Chesed Yebane, Hashem has built a world of Chesed. Now I know. 
that when I say these words, it doesn't register in our minds. It seems like, a, it seems like an exaggeration. And that's because we don't spend time thinking like Avraham did. We almost never make time to think about the Chesed Hashem that is so abundant in his creation. But Avraham was a seeker, a giant thinker. And when he looked around at Hashem's world, he saw a world of kindliness. He saw Chesed everywhere. Every detail he observed pointed in one direction. Not only is there a creator, but that the creator is a Chafetz Chesed, whose sole intention is to bestow happiness on mankind. When Avram passed an orchard, he saw the red apples hanging from the tree. Sometimes he saw yellow bananas and pink peaches and berries. All the luscious fruits, each one with a different taste. Avraham stood in awe before the various tastes that Hashem was making available to man. Taste is not an accident. It's a kindness. Did you ever taste the brown earth? Try it once. You'll see. It's not so delectable. And out of this brown earth, Hashem brought forth a multitude of fruits and vegetables, each one with its own special taste. The taste of an orange is different than the taste of a pineapple. The taste of strawberries is different than the taste of blueberries. A walnut doesn't taste the same as a peanut. And cherries and bananas and pineapples and grapes and tomatoes and onions. Onions! Onions add taste to so many foods. Baruch Hashem for onions! Onions and potatoes make us happy. And it's an endless variety. Even the colors are a chesed, thought Avraham. What was the Creator's purpose in making apples red? If Hashem had made apples the same bland color as potatoes, people would still eat them. What can you do if you have nothing better to eat? A bland colored apple can also taste sweet. Do oranges have to become a golden yellow? Why can't they remain colorless? And so Avraham realized that the color is a chesed. He saw that when the fruits aren't ready, so they're not colored yet. Only when they became edible, they changed color. The purpose of the color is to let people know that the fruit are ripe and that they're ready to be eaten, said Avraham. It's a kindliness so that people shouldn't have to risk biting into a raw banana or an unripe apple. The beautiful colors, the shades of red, the yellow hues are there to attract your attention. I'm ready to be eaten now, the fruit calls out to you when the color turns attractive. And Avraham saw even more than that, because there were hundreds of various shades of color in the food that Hashem was providing. Red and pink and purple and yellow and orange, some dark, some bright. What for? Avraham saw the colors making eating more fun, more enjoyable, because anything that looks beautiful is more enjoyable to eat. Avraham saw that Hashem wants to make eating fun. Not only eating. When Avraham woke up in the morning and looked up at the sky, he saw a beautiful sight. Hashem had painted for him the clear blue sky, spotted with clouds over the horizon. It was a pleasure. And the beautiful blue sky was only the beginning of a most colorful day. The green of the trees and the grass. You know how beautiful the color green is? It's a pleasure. It's a sweet and soft color. And that's why Hashem chose it for the grass and the leaves that are in abundance. And the beautiful hues of the various flowers, 
the gold-orange glory of sunrise and sunset, the magic of the moonlight. So many beautiful things to see. And for what? That's what Avraham asked himself. For what purpose are all of these beautiful colors that Hashem is painting for us? And Avraham came to the conclusion that it's nothing but for the sole purpose of the pleasure of man. All of the colors and tastes and pleasures of this world left not the slightest doubt in the mind of Avraham that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was busy doing kindliness with mankind. Now when Avraham recognized this, he came to a life-changing conclusion. Everyone knows, said Avraham, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Yoishev Beseter. He sits in concealment to Hillim. That means that he doesn't show mankind anything of himself. He's entirely invisible. But said Abraham, there's one thing that he does show of himself. He shows us his, his chesed. That's what we see of him. Creation is filled with an endless list of useful and pleasurable objects and processes that fill our lives with all forms of enjoyment. Now Abraham understood that Hashem could have chosen to reveal himself to us in any way he wished. So why is it, asked Avraham, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu shows nothing of himself except for strawberries and gooseberries and blueberries and cherries and oranges and apples and peaches and onions? There's no accident here. Chesed is the most prominent thing in nature because that's what he wants we should know about him. It won't help you to know more about him. More than, what we, more than what he shows us, we're not capable of understanding anyhow. But this one fact we are capable of understanding, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is intent on giving everyone the things that will make him happy. The world is fully stocked with all good things, and he shows us by means of tens of thousands of examples that he wishes to make people happy, to give People enjoyment. At least one thing I know about Hashem, said Avraham, that he desires kindliness. And that's what Avraham came along and taught the world. The ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu are not hidden. It's no secret. They are open to the world. On all sides, you can see the great principle that he is a Chafetz Chesed. There is nothing in the world that is more conspicuous than this demonstration that Hashem wishes to do kindness to mankind. And therefore, Abraham saw that the most prominent attribute of, attribute of Hashem is that he's a kel chesed. He's a God of kindliness. And why is he showing us that? Abraham said that it's not only for the purpose of letting us know that he desires to do good to us, and it's not even so that I should learn to love Hashem because of this kindliness. That's important too, but it's not the only thing. Avraham understood that Hashem is showing us that he's the Chafetz Chesed, primarily because he wants us to learn to imitate him, that we also should be desirous of doing Chesed. Not only that he is kind to us, but it's what he wants from us. Avraham learned from the world, from the Bria of Chesed, what Hashem wants from us most. Hashem wants, want, Hashem wants from us 
Once Avraham saw that everything in the world was kindliness, he became obsessed with this model that Hashem was showing him. Hashem became his Rebbe in Chesed. He does kindliness, said Avraham, and I'm going to emulate him. HaKadosh Baruch Hu practices Hachnasas Orchim on us, doesn't he? He made a beautiful hostel for us. That's this world. And he gives us food and lodging. So why shouldn't we emulate him and do the same? I'm going to do the same as he does. And I'm going to, be, to bestow chesed on the world. And that's why he sat. Petach ha'ohel kechomayom. At the entrance to his tent. In the heat of the day. Looking out into the desert for wayfarers. That's why. He ran out to the three guests and begged them to come into his tent. It was, it was because he saw that Hashem went all out for mankind. So he too became Meshuggah, Isharuach. He became extreme, wild with enthusiasm about doing chesed in order to emulate Hashem. Avraham saw that Hashem had created trees so to provide food and shade for mankind. So he got busy planting trees. Vayita eshel b'be'er shava. He planted an orchard in Be'er Sheva and invited the guests to enjoy the chesed. Vayero. And when Avraham drank a refreshing cup of water, he thought about the chesed Hashem and he looked to do that chesed with others as well. Yukachna me'at ma'im v'rachat suraglechem. Take some water, he told all of his guests. And wash yourselves off. And refresh yourselves with a cup of water. He saw that the trunk of a tree was a chesed Hashem. A place to lean back and rest one's weary body. And so he offered his tree as a place to rest. Please rest here under the tree, he said. And because Hashem was giving the world bread and butter and milk and meat. So Avraham didn't only lend his visitors the real estate under his trees. Lean back and relax while I bring you some food to eat, he said. And he got busy feeding his guests. When Avraham was encouraged by a comfortable breeze, a nice spring day, so he said, that's a lesson from Hashem. You know, a nice breeze is like a tosvos. It's teaching you something. And Avram didn't skip over that tosvos. He said, I'm also going to be a me'oided anavim. I'm going to encourage people and make them feel good, make them happy like Hashem does. Wherever, wherever Avraham was, it was oz v'chedva, encouragement, and simcha, just like bimkoimoy, in the place of Hashem. Avram transformed himself into a chafetz chesed. He made it a career of being kindly to everybody. He taught his family to be kind to people because he understood that politeness, being respectful to others, is a subcategory of chesed. When he had to buy a grave for Sarah and he went to negotiate a price with the people who owned the, the Maharas HaMachpelah, he bowed down to the ground and spoke politely to them. It's remarkable to see how Avram did business with politeness. Avraham was a man who was a chavetz chesed to everybody because he saw that it was the Ratzon Hashem in this world. And therefore Avraham went out into the world with his new teaching. He taught the world 
the Chiddush that HaKadosh Baruch Hu demonstrates to us that He is a Kel Chesed in order that we should emulate Him. It was one of the very great achievements of our first father, Avraham, to introduce to the world the concept that HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not want anything except compassion. And not only compassion, He wants you to bestow happiness on others. HaKadosh Baruch Hu desires of you, that you should be devoted to the ideal that he is devoted to. The ideal that you see all around you of a world that is making people happy. In his Sefer Derech Eitz Achayim, the Hagdama, the Ramchal offers some advice for people who want to become great in the eyes of Hashem. He says there that man must find time every day to sit in solitude and contemplate some of the most important questions of life. And one of the most valuable, he says, is the following. What was it that made Avraham Avinu so beloved by Hashem? How did he become so great that he was chosen to be the father of the most holy nation? It takes time to contemplate such things. And I don't know how many people have tried it even once in their lives. But we understand that the Ram Chal is giving us good advice here. And after a person spends time thinking about the practices of Avram, the Ram Chal continues, let him say, ken gam ani. I want to do likewise. I want to walk in these ways of Avraham and find favor in the eyes of Hashem. And the Ram Chal tells us that Ha'adam Achoshev Alze Korov El Hashlemus Meod. One who thinks about these things is very close to the perfection that he was created for. And it is the most effective prescription, the most effective advice for perfection of character with effects that are great and immensely valuable. I want to be like Avraham Avinu. It seems like just words. It's too big for us, we think. And so we learn now what the Chavos Alavavos says about this. He says as follows in Cheshbon HaNefesh. When you study the ways of Hashem, the ways of the tzaddikim, some of these things are far beyond you. You're striving. You want to be a tzaddik, an ever Hashem. But you know it's a long trip, a long journey before you'll, you'll even come close to such madragas of perfection. So what does the Chavos Lavavas tell us? A big chiddish he teaches us. He says that when a man does whatever he can, so whatever he's not able to attain yet, he should at least desire it. That's the Eitzah of the Chayvah Salavavos. Uma shelo yuchal lahasigo lahem. If you can't achieve the highest levels of service of Hashem, you should at least desire to reach those madregas. It's an important lesson you're hearing now. You're not able to achieve everything. At least you should desire it. Desire to be like Avram Avinu. And that's already going to be for you an achievement. Hashem, please help me that I should see the chesed in the Bria, the way Avraham saw it. Hashem, help me please desire to do kindness in this world like Avram Avinu did. I want to achieve the madregas of, of chesed that Avram achieved. And although you're far away from such things, but the desire to become a tzaddik, to become a chafetz chesed, that itself is already a tremendous achievement. What can I do, you say? 
I don't know all of Baba Kama, all Baba Mitziah, all of Baba Basra. How can I know everything? All the dinim of how to treat other people. So the Chovah Salavava says that right now, before you know these things, Yitavelahem, you should desire them. Say, Horeni Hashem Darkecha, please, Hashem, teach me your ways in this world. You have to say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem, I'm a nobody, I'm ignorant, but please, Hashem, show me, teach me, guide me to become a Chafetz Chesed in this world like Avraham Avinu was. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Oh, that's something else. You're choosing what I desire. You don't even know what, I, what to desire. You didn't learn anything yet. But you're choosing what I desire. Hashem says, If that's the case, then you're my man already. It's not easy to get that desire though. Don't think it's so easy. Because if you really desired it, you'd, you'd be doing something about it. When a person doesn't show interest in pursuing his desire, then he's not really desiring it. Are you opening a safer in your house to study how Avram Avinu lived? Do you ever think about Avram Avinu and what he learned from creation? Do you walk on the street looking at the world around you and thinking about the Chazdei Hashem? Do you spend one minute a day thinking about how you could do chesed in this world like Avram Avinu did? If you don't, start doing it. That's the first pircha to refute your contentions that you really desire. You desire it? A man is standing in a brook, a flow of water, and he's shouting to people passing by, Give me a drink. You want a drink? You have to bend down and drink. You're up to your knees in fresh water. Why are you asking for water? There are so many details of how to do chesed in this world. It means that all of the subdivisions of Bain Adam Lakavedo, how to behave properly to other people, you must learn. The Gemara says, if you want to be a chesed, a chesed means someone who does chesed. So what should you do? He has to fulfill all the things of Baba Kama, Baba Metziah, and Baba, Baba Basra. For instance, chesed will include you have to be careful with other people's property. Even if you're going to open a window in somebody's house, be careful how much you push. And if you push the pane out and you broke the window, so you have to pay for it. That's part of chesed. But if you didn't study so you say, I didn't intend to break the window. I'm a shoygeik. Only if you learn so, you know that Adam mu'ad le'oylam. You're chayev in nezikin, even if it was an accident. Even if you didn't want to break out the pain, you have to pay for it. But people who didn't learn to think. My intention was good. I just wanted to open the window. Oh no, you have to learn. That's a chesed. You have to learn right away if you want to be like Avram Avinu. You're sitting here right now. You have to be careful. Don't stick your foot out when a person is walking down the aisle here and your foot is sticking out. It's a bor brishus harabim. Someone might fall over your foot. I didn't intend to make him fall. I didn't have any wrong intentions in my mind. If he falls, I didn't mean it. Won't help. That's chesed. Chesed means you're being careful not to cause injury to people. Hashav HaSaveda is a chesed. Let's say your, fe- your fellow man's garbage can fell into the street. 
Soon a car will come and flatten it out. You don't care. You keep on walking. What do you mean you don't care? No such thing. Somebody lost something. Avram Avinu would walk out in the street, pick it up, and put it back. It's Hashavah Saveda, a chesed. Let's say you borrow a sefer. When you borrow a sefer, you have to be careful how to handle it. You can't turn it inside out like this. You can't let your little child take the sefer in his hands and he does like this. You have no right to do that. If your little boy takes the sefer and turns it in like this, ruining the binding, so you're a choyte. That's the opposite of Avram Avinu. If you borrow, you can't lend it to someone else. Only you can handle it. When you're using a seat in the base of Knesset, and instead of sitting flat on it, you make a rocking chair out of it. So you're breaking it. You're a shoyel shalomidas. And the mazik. Chesed also means to be aware of onaz devorim. Don't say wrong words that will hurt people's feelings. Hurting people's feelings is worse than stealing their money. Baba Metziah. If you say something to your wife and it hurts her feelings, that's worse than stealing money out of her pocketbook. Would you steal money from your wife's pocketbook? You gave her money and now you're stealing it. Only a wicked person would do such a thing. But Onaz Devorim is worse than that. For someone who wants to be like Avram Avinu and emulate Hashem, it's so important to be aware of harming anybody with words. You can't make his feelings hurt. You can't belittle his covet. How important is it to be careful with other people's money and not harm their property? More than that, you have to make people happy. How important is it to encourage people and to bestow kindness on the world the same way that Hashem does? There's so much to learn. A person who desires to do chesed makes sure to be thinking about others all the time. And Avraham learned all these things from Hashem's creations. He learned Baba Kama and Baba Metziah and Baba Basra from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem's creation is a very great subject. It's a whole shas of chesed. All the details, all the subdivisions of chesed are overwhelmingly evident in Hashem's creations. And by studying the Bria, Avraham became a gadol batoida in all the dinim of chesed. And when he studied the chesed Hashem in this world, he came to the conclusion that Hashem created a world of chesed, not only because he wants us to be happy, but because he wants us to learn to make others happy. Avraham spent his lifetime studying the chesed Hashem in nature and emulating Hashem. And that's why he achieved what nobody had ever achieved before. He became greater and greater every day. And that's how Avram, the little boy from Ur Kastim, became Avram Avinu, the father of Am Yisroel. And that's why we say, I also desire to do the same, to emulate Avram Avinu and to be a Chafetz Chesed like he was. And more importantly, by means of the avoida of walking in the footsteps of Hashem, you're fulfilling the mitzvah of the Halachta Bidrochov. Walking in the ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the original Chafetz Chesed, who created this world to be an Olam Chesed, a world of good times. And now, a vort on the Parsha from Rabbi Miller. He sent her away 
And she went and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. We learn that Avraham sent Hagar and Yishmael away into an empty wilderness. Now, we know that Avraham was the kindliest of men. There was never a man as kindly and soft-hearted as Avraham. He lived for chesed. This kind-hearted man should send away Hagar and his own flesh and blood into an empty wilderness? It makes no sense. Isn't it cruel to send them off like that? Sarah didn't say that they had to be left alone in the wilderness. Why didn't Avram accompany Hagar and Yishmael? At least he could have taken them to the nearest town. It's a queer thing for this man who was a giant in Chesed. So we'll understand as follows. The Torah tells us that Avraham was a wealthy man. Besides for, being sil- besides for silver and gold, he also had many slaves. The souls that he acquired in Haran. Now it doesn't mean that Avraham made people slaves. Avraham spent his days teaching people about Hashem. And he convinced them. Avraham was converting people. These converts became members of his community by becoming avodim. They weren't like black slaves, like we think of down south, who were being whipped by their masters while they picked cotton all day long. The truth is that even that wasn't true. It was exaggerated, by the way. A lot of it is just propaganda. But this was much different. These avodim were Avraham's talmidim. Eliezer Eved Avram was... Zikan Beto, the elder of Avraham's house. When Avraham wanted a wife for Yitzchak, he sent Eliezer. You don't send your janitor, your cotton picker, to find a wife for your son. Eliezer was doile umashke, mitoiras robo lacherim. He used to draw water from his Rebbe's well of toira. The instruction and philosophy and musr and yiras shamayim that Avraham taught him and he would share it with others. Now, Avram and Sarah were a team, a conglomerate. Sarah was doing the same. She was teaching the woman. They came together in her tent, and she spoke to them. All and all of her disciples, Hagar was the best. And of all of her disciples, Hagar was the best. She had been trained by Sarah and had become a great personality on her own. She had all of Sarah's ideas and ideals. And that's the key to understanding our puzzle. A great woman like Hagar, she didn't want to go to any town. All she wanted was to stay in the wilderness. If I can't be in Avram's house, said Hagar, I'm going to the wilderness. And she never moved out of the wilderness because she didn't want to mix with anybody. And she insisted. She told her son, never mind, you can make a living here. You're good with a bow and arrow. You can hunt. We are going to live here forever. And he became a pede. Pede means a man who can live in the wilderness and get along. He was successful at that. Pede Adam doesn't mean a wild man like people think. Pede means a person who can live in the wilderness. He succeeded in the wilderness. That's pshat. He was very far from a wild man. Yishmael became a big tzaddik, all because of Sarah. If Yishmael had remained in that house, he would have become more and more embittered looking at the success of Yitzchak. And bad midas would develop in him. Sarah saved his life. Sarah drove him out. And he became a tzaddik gomer.
When he died, the Torah said in Bracious, 100 years and 30 years and 7 years he lived. Because every minute is precious to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. By Abraham and Sarah, it says the same thing. And by Yitzchak and Yaakov, not by Rivka, not by Rachel and Leah, not by the sons of Yaakov. It doesn't say that. Only these Sadikim, because they were perfect. Yishmael did teshuva. He became a very big tzaddik. When Avram passed away, it says, V'yikberu oto Yitzchak v'yishmael banav. Yitzchak was first, and then Yishmael followed. Yishmael was 13 years older than Yitzchak. And still he said to Yitzchak, You go first, because my father said that you are more important than me. Isn't that a great righteousness? So the Gemara says, Mikan, from here we see, Sha'asa Yishmael teshuva. Yishmael yielded. Yishmael was a big tzaddik, but he became a tzaddik only because of Sarah. Sarah saved his life, and her disciple Hagar further watched over him and ensured that he remained in the wilderness, far away from foreign ideals that would ruin his character and noble upbringing. Have a wonderful Shabbos.